Hi everybody, it's me, Ryan Moffitt from ROTM Radio. Just wanted to take a moment to let you know that you can download ROTM Radio via the Podbean app, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and many, many more. If you cannot find ROTM Radio via your favorite listening podcast app, just go ahead and pull the RSS feed off of ROTMRadio.com. Now, speaking of that, we could continue on this podcast talking about the... You're supposed to interrupt me there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going, so it's... <laughs> uh, so, I, I was... You know, we've been talking for a long time, so I was going to, to act like that, and you, you're supposed to then say, no, on that note, <laughs> may your best yesterdays. <laughs> You know, I, I hate the fact that every time I'm like, I don't feel like this is going to be a long episode. We still get two hours worth of recording. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ROTM Radio, the official podcast of ROTMRadio.com. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Moffat, and with me today is a man with a child who just won't sleep, Dustin. Hey, yo! Thank you, Dustin, and also with us today, a man who also has a child. Hey, what's going on? I guess I should have said a man who is a child and can't wait for his introduction to be done. It's just Zach. What's going on, everyone? Hello. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, you, welcome to episode 12, uh, Independence Day Resurgence, uh, also known as Independence Day 2, because nobody cares about what this movie's actually called. But before we get into that... Mm. <laughs> yep. Or uh, I- ID2, Our, for those yeah. OGs. Because, so. you know, the first one was ID4. Huh? <laughs> so before we get into this, uh, Dustin, how was your week? It's pretty good. Um, gosh, you know, I. <laughs> you always ask me this question. You would think I would have something prepared. I'm trying to think what I did this week. Um, yeah, I always forget the questions coming until <laughs> I get asked. And it's like the it's the one question that should you shouldn't actually have to think about. But I'm really I know right because I, I ask you and you should be able to be like you know I cut some hair and uh, I watched screensavers not on drugs with my, with a friend and then and Zach should always be like I smoke some delicious meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I watched Screen Say No. Uh, actually, but that that did help me. Thank you for jogging my memory. You're welcome. Um, I uh, I took off work this week. Actually, I only worked one day this week. Uh, did to get some work done at the church and to just hang out with my family. Um, I am for the listeners an avid RuneScape player um, and got. Uh, had a very interesting uh, last night. Had a very interesting uh, 
attempt at doing duos with a friend of mine at a certain boss who uh, we beat him the first time, but when we tried to kill him the second time, uh, it was, it, I wish there would have been a recording. It was hilarious. And we got, we got destroyed. And so all week um, in my free time, I was gearing up for that, getting my stats ready um, in the meantime of all of the work at the church and uh, hang out time with my family and it all amounted in getting wrecked. So <laughs> that, I don't know if that's a sense of accomplishment, but it, it is a funny story for those RuneScape players out there that want to ask sometime. It is a really funny story. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I did this week. That's probably why I couldn't think of anything because <laughs> I just played a lot of RuneScape. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, fair enough. I, I get it. Very nice. Uh, Zach, how was your week? Oh, old school too, right? 2007 scape. Yes. That's old good. school all the way. Uh, week was good for the most part. Got some tasks done. Um, you know, not nothing Slayer out of the ordinary. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I, I don't have enough time for that yet. Like, I, I know, ironically, right, during the... During the um, pandemic and everything going on uh but eventually uh, you know i definitely want to get back see, into it see here's the deal let me just take a sidebar real quick even though uh i don't really have time to um the thing about this that's what drew me back into this game that i started back in 2001 and haven't played for 15 years was the fact that all through the pandemic, I didn't have time to play my Xbox or any other games for that matter. But old school is so AFK, you don't actually have to... Like, you can be doing anything else and playing at the same time, especially now that there's mobile. So I'm not going to give you a pass on that excuse. <laughs> True, though I, I didn't think about the mobile part. So I don't know. I'll, I'll talk about it. Yeah, but mobile All games right. are so not great a lot but of times. Ru not RuneScape. RuneScape. It, RuneScape is the perfect mobile game because when you know when you're cutting those you know oak logs or you know fishing for them lobsters. Um, where all mm. you have to do lobbies is... two hundred GP. Yep, two fifty. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prices have went up. Um, you know, it, where all you have to do is just click on the same thing over and over. Uh, it's, it's, it's a perfect mobile game. It looks good. It's just, and it's so much easier to level up than it has been. I mean, uh, right now I'm running an agility course while leveling up my mage by high alking a bunch of earth battle staffs. I'm so excited oh for all of the non-RuneScape listeners to hear this and be like, I know, what? right? They're all leaving in droves right for now. for 10 minutes? <laughs> Earth staffs? What is that? <laughs> battle staff. Earth <laughs> battle staff. Anyway, carry on. Carry on. <laughs> all right, so uh, what, what else have you been doing besides not having time to play a mobile game, uh, Zach? Uh, well, aside from high alking you longbows, um, <laughs> not much. So, yeah, that was my week. We use we could use we use RuneScape this entire show in rant whenever we can fit it in. 
<laughs> goodness. Um, so my week has been fairly normal. I went to work and did my job, you know, as the uh, essential employee I am. And, um, you know, it's it's weird. I think more and more people have been venturing out onto the freeways uh, uh, here lately because I, you know, driving driving a big truck like I normally do, I, I pretty much just assume that everybody else on the road just sucks at doing the very simple thing of driving. And um, I I swear I had to like preemptively slam on my brakes multiple times over the last week in order to avoid, you know, killing people on the roadway. Uh, so I am officially a hero. I deserve a parade and a cake of some sort um, because I didn't kill families on the road for doing stupid things uh, while they were distractedly driving. So congratulations well, to me. enough. Come, come to the Verox City Square, and we will throw you that parade. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that's another <laughs> that's another RuneScape uh, reference. I'm assuming. Yeah, if you hear anything in this episode, listener, that you do not understand, it's because it's a RuneScape reference. Well, actually, or it's about this movie. Where I'm actually going is I'm going to go to the last great city on Earth and go to the tower, and there will. My, oh. my praises be sung. See, Ooh. I can slip in references to video games too. I miss I miss the tower. I, I the the one thing you know what we should be doing just at one point. Here's a good flush the format. Okay, we should get all three of us one time. We're doing this podcast. We should get into the tower on Destiny One and just run around and do tower talk. And we, I mean, we could maybe talk about our, our, you know, maybe do a throwback to gaming the good, bad, and the ugly. We could do, uh, you know, I've actually, I've actually been uh, like contemplating pulling those old episodes, uh, and just sprinkling them in here to ROTM radio. I think that would be great because they were, they were some of my favorite episodes. And if you're not familiar, uh, Ryan's previous podcast, ROTM radio that is was since a little different. Ryan on the mic at that time, uh, we the three of us, um, and there was some de- some other uh, contestants I should say uh, were on the show as well, Inclu- including our wives. They all made an appearance, and uh, we talked about gaming, the good, bad, and the ugly. And those were honestly some of my favorite. <clears throat> Favorite podcast episodes, period, I've ever listened to. Part of which was because hearing my wife on a podcast. But, um, <laughs> you know, just like, I just, I, I loved it. It was so much fun. So I'm definitely That's down weird. Uh, they all to... told me they were single ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea they were married. Uh, just kidding. Yeah, they're all, they're all single. If you want to hear a podcast with a bunch of single, beautiful women, um, Tune in to gaming. Good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> all the single ladies. All the single ladies. <laughs> uh, speaking of podcasts, so um, if my voice sounds a little raspy right now or anything, uh, it's because I spent the last few hours today uh, going in studio over at GamePod. Um, the hosts over there, Zach and Tim, invited me onto the show, and uh, so we talked about an hour about video gaming and and things we like about it and whatnot, and uh, they invited me over to uh, uh, their beautiful home, so I want to give a shout-out real quick to uh, to Zach 
Sam and Tim. Uh, you guys are all awesome, and we're definitely going to be hanging out some more. And also, I will be dropping a link. I've already dropped it in the Discord channel uh, for everybody to go check it out, uh, the episode I did with GamePod. Uh, but I will also be tweeting, Facebooking, and Instagramming, and all that kind of stuff it as well. So make sure to you know, go check it out and enjoy it. And uh, Dustin, you're really going to be happy because we, we, talked, we talked a lot of Halo there for a bit. I, you know, I, I will say I didn't get a chance to listen to the full episode since you just dropped it right before the show. But uh, I just clicked on an area to, you know, like kind of randomly in the show. The first words I heard were Master Chief. So I, <laughs> I'm i super excited to – it made me for sure want to listen to this episode. Well, and it was it was pretty fun too because uh, I I've not been a I've not been an in person in studio guest on a show before, and uh, now that I think about it, I'm not sure I've actually been a guest on a show besides my own. Um, but it were was. Were you ever on Focus Fire? Uh, no, I don't have the. I, thought you I don't have the depth. I, I just got shouted out a lot on Focus Fire because they love me over yeah. there, or they did at one point. Um, <laughs> not saying that they don't anymore. I just haven't had the time to you know interact with them as much. But mm. you know. Focus Fire, if you are listening, I still love you, and I hope you love me. Uh, I, I, well, whenever you get to shout-outs, I've got an exciting shout-out today So that has to do with Focus Fire. So. Ooh. <laughs> well, guess what, listeners? You're going to have to wait till the end of the show for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm going to totally forget what it is. <laughs> Write it down. S- see if... <laughs> see if Dustin remembers his shout outs to stay tuned. Uh, but no, it was a, it was a good time. Uh, we were, we were, don't worry. We were social distancing. We were only about two and a half feet from each other the whole time. So, uh, it was, uh, it was great. And, uh, I had a blast and I, we are going to have probably next week. We're going to be doing a flush of the format here on ROTM radio. I'm going to have Zach and Tim on if there are, are available. So which will be fun because we'll have two Zach's. At the same time, on RLTM Radio. That means you're not the only just Zach out there, Zach. Too much. I'm just Zach on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But I did did already let him know that uh, the title, you know, my best friend Zach has already been taken. So, um, you know, you you should be secure in knowing (laughs) that. So that's awesome. I gave him him fair warning. I'm like, I, I love this guy, but, you know. Yeah, I was feeling insecure, but now maybe, that you maybe said that. Zach will make more, you know, meat for the occasion that I won't still get to try. <laughs> yeah. Zach, you got to oh, no, smoke more meat for. I have Zach a feeling over Game Pod. What's going to end up happening is you're all going to get together at this. You know, Zach's going to make some meat. It's going to be this great time, and I'm just going to be the one. You know, sending in my logic session over here. I mean, I'm just saying, Dustin, we've been trying to get you to move for uh, like a couple weeks now, and you should it's just do true. it. A couple weeks, a couple <laughs> years, and your wife has been working hard, too. I, I just want you to know, I have, for all the listeners, I have given Ryan's wife a very, like, the best argument I could is why t- me and my wife are probably not moving to Phoenix, and she has refuted every argument at every stand. Like, she's just like, nope, that, you, you know, you've just, you need to try this, you need to do this. And, and so, um, well, it, it, it definitely say, can be difficult move, to argue with her. 
if we were to ever move to Phoenix, <laughs> Whoa. you will be able to thank your wife. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just happen. saying, like, I need a a a good barber that I, you know, I, I need I need the one guy. Like I, I go to places and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been going to that place, but I never have the same person twice and I I'm like, do you do they even work here that long? Like yeah. you know, I want to know the name of my barber and be able to look him in the eye and be like, this guy's a good guy. You wanna you know what's actually kind of funny? What what would be a great flesh the format and, and we probably need to get started on the movie. But um I actually I'm going to be on a podcast this week. Um, I, possibly. They said that they, they don't know if the DJ is coming, but uh, there's a podcast. I'll shout them out now. The Great Romance Podcast, which is a, a friend of mine. He's uh, in a uh, Christian band called The Great Romance. They've done some pretty b- cool things, um, but he has a podcast now, and he is coming to our barbershop to do a podcast while getting a haircut. And I think he's bringing a DJ with him that I'm going to be cutting and be on the podcast as well. So, um, so saying that all to say, you know, we, we could, if I did live there, do podcast where I'm do a podcast where I'm literally cutting your hair. Um, and you know that I, I'm sure it'd probably have to be more of a video podcast, but I think it'd oh, be a, I mean, yeah, I mean, people, show. we we could bombard people with video us, videoing us, living our lives together. Oh, yeah, because I I think people really want to see you get a haircut. I mean, uh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, have you seen my hair? It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then like half the time, I'm like, oh, I don't know where I want to go get my haircut at, so I just cut it myself, and it it just turns into cutting it all off, and then I grow it out for like five months and go, gosh, this hippie, and then I cut it again. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's a vice. It's a vicious circle. I don't like or cycle. I don't like, and I need a good mm-hmm. barber. And yeah. I, I I I refuse to settle for anything than the barber to the stars. Well, listen. Anytime we're around each other, I will cut your hair, and it is on the house. So. Ooh. Wait. Do I have to get on the house in order to, <laughs> to get the haircut? <laughs> well, I. I mean, we're talking about going to the stars, so I, I would say we got to start. You know, it's higher elevation to get yeah, started. We have to go to Tatooine, so we're going to be sitting on top of the right. domes. You know, right? I mean, I but I mean, if you do move here to Phoenix, it's kind of like Tatooine: a lot of sun, a lot of a lot of sand, big old exactly. dust storms rolling through. Um, Might as well have two suns. I mean, you can <laughs> exactly. Drive around and get picked off by. I mean, my car, Random my scavengers. my car's temperature gauge was only saying it was only 121 today. So, um, yeah, woo. You're not helping your wife's case. I'm just telling you. Oh, I mean, did you not understand the sarcasm there? I was totally kidding. I mean, it was not that hot. I mean, <laughs> it was 112 under 200. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, I mean, it's only like 50 more degrees before you die, so you're fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. All right, let's get this train wreck back onto the tracks. I want to tell everybody here about our sponsor, Audible. Yay! Audible is the leading provider of spoken word, entertainment, and audiobooks. Ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Each month, members get one credit to pick out a new title. Uh, Plus, you also get two Audible Originals from a monthly selection. 
So that's three free things that you get with your with your subscription to Audible each month. Also, with the audiobooks, you can basically hoard your credits up to one year and keep them for up to one year. So say you want to binge a, an entire series, like you could you could dive into the Star Wars universe, you could dive into the Harry Potter universe, into the Halo universe, or any of the universes. There's lots of universes out there in the, in the book world. Uh, dive into one of those and binge it all. Also, if you get stuck with a book that you don't like and you want to give it back, kind of like a library, not really like a library, but kind of, you can give it back and they'll give you your credit back. Or if you pay money for it, uh, you can give it back, no questions asked, for up to one year. Listeners to ROTM Radio, we have a special treat for you. You can try Audible for one month for free. Also get your free audiobook. All you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash ROTM Radio. Go start your trial today and get to listening. You're so good at that. Thank you. I try. I love Audible. <laughs> I do too. Audible's like, oh, man. I, I need to. I need to buy another book because I'm sitting <laughs> at ninety. I'm seriously. I'm sitting at ninety nine books, and I'm like, you know, fall of reach. I got ninety nine books, and fall of reach ain't one. If you don't got Please, Halo books, listen, I feel bad for would, you, son. It would make my day if your 100th book was a Halo book. Deal, deal. You know what? We're going to do it. You know, not right the second, but that's what it's going to be. Live on the show. No. <laughs> maybe I'll go. I'll, maybe I'll just go live on, on Facebook and be like, here it is. Here it is, folks. You, you should. Yeah. I will tune in. It is I'll crazy, be the though. Only one, but I will tune in. <laughs> Yeah, Dustin, you should write the song though for me. I've got ninety nine books, but Halo ain't one. <laughs> oh man! So yes, www.audibletrial.com slash rotm radio. Check it out. <laughs> and Zach, do you want to get us started on this road of Independence Day resurgence? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> Come on, you, we um, got to give it a fair shake. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. So, anyways, pretty much this story takes <clears throat> takes place about twenty years after the um, the first invasion. I think it was nineteen ninety six. Yeah, in the movie there. they called it the War of nineteen ninety six. Yeah. So July fourth became like a a national uh, an international holiday of for like human or mankind just um j- just like all of humanity like thank god we didn't get annihilated from the uh <laughs> from the earth um <laughs> we all of a sudden like each other now and um you know we don't need people that are yeah exactly or yeah we're but but you know how this works, you know. After after uh, a little time. after people get bored, you're you're like, all right, I got to find something to be upset about. Right. Um, you know, that's how we are. That's yeah. why we pick sports teams and stuff. Um, <laughs> Go Bears! <clears throat> Go yeah. live in La Vida Yoda. <laughs> oh goodness! So I want to move there. <laughs> yeah, essentially, I mean, it follows a similar plot. Um, since this time, they've been able to take some of the technology of the of the aliens and make fortify, you know, defenses for Earth and 
also um, make weaponry. And go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that it, it, it also seems like they've been able to move out into space a little bit because at one point he mentions their defenses on, was it Saturn? On Saturn, yeah. Yeah, so looks like they've been able to do that as well. Yeah, and, you know, it follows a similar story of um, they're chilling there, they think everything's fine, and then all of a sudden they hear, they, they figure out that there's been a signal beaconing from a, an old ship that had crashed um, this whole time, and then they're like, what? It's been ca- it's a, it was apparently a distress signal of some kind, and then, boom, all of a sudden... Um, another ship comes to go help. They're about 20 years too late, but they're, they're coming to see what's going on anyways. Where we are now. Uh, Dustin, take us from here. What are your thoughts on it? Well, uh, Yours are the most interesting, in my opinion. <laughs> well, are we going straight into the thoughts of the whole movie, or are we going to do any kind of plot from here? Ryan, what do you want to... Uh, well, I think I think what we could do is uh, we can lay out a loose plot. I mean, I, I I for one don't really feel like breaking this one down right. a, as far as it needs to be. I mean, right. it's it's very similar. Let's put it this way: the plot and everything is going to be very similar to the first movie, where the aliens are going to come back with a a single ship, but the single ship is a bigger, much bigger ship. It's got like I think they said you know three thousand miles in diameter, or um. Is that yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah three thousand miles in diameter so basically like the ship itself is like the size of the United States Um, so you've got like it's gonna land and it's gonna put its landing gear down and its landing gear is gonna end up sitting in London New York uh, uh, somewhere in the other two places I'm not sure because they had like four Uh, I think was it China Um, or was was China right in the middle of it I think because they got hit. I mean, they just got when the ship came, it had its own gravity field, and well, I think that's like gravity, yeah, I think the, they were hitting gravity like projectors or something as they were like sort of like I think it got hit as the gravity stuff went over the top of it, but I don't think that's right. where they actually landed. Oh, that's um, not where it settled. Okay, but it, it well, seemed, yeah, it seemed like the, the middle... ship basically settled over the entire uh, Atlantic Ocean, basically. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah, that's right, because it was in the ocean. So, but it was covering um, like half of Earth, you know. Yeah, but basically, uh, long story short, they um, the distress speaking goes out um, and is actually intercepted. And I guess from here on, we're doing a. Uh, this is a spoiler. I guess we don't have to say spoiler because that's what the whole point of this podcast is. Yeah, I um, mean, uh, if you've been listening to yeah, ROTM Radio, <laughs> you're gonna be spoiled <laughs> if you haven't seen it. <laughs> right. So basically, the there is a a alien who, um, and they don't really give much detail about, but she, and I say she because she kind of took on a a uh, artificial voice of a female and spoke she chose to speak english so we could communicate um she heard the distress signal to which we thought that she was an the alien that was coming because basically anybody from the first movie that had spent direct contact with the aliens 
were starting to have visions. They were starting to hear things. They were basically they could were connected to the the mind, the hive mind of the the aliens. And um, so she she intercepted the the signal, and we were very quick to blow her out of the off the moon um, and almost destroy her. We didn't, but we came close. Um, and all of the people that were connected to the hive mind basically knew they're like, she's not, or what, whatever the construct is, is not the same per it's not the same group. And then shortly right. after that, our aliens come the, the major aliens. And we find out that they are trying to wage intergalactic war on the entire galaxy. And they're doing so by, Again, harvesting the core of the planet. Yeah, the so construct. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so basically, what they're attempting to do is they're trying to drill a hole into the uh, liquid core of the planet and take the liquid core because apparently the liquid core of the planet will be able to power their ship and or refuel their ship. But also, if we don't have a core, there's no there's no gravity. There becomes right. no air to breathe. Like you you can't have an atmosphere. Nothing is held together. So if they breach the core, like it's done. All of Earth is going to be like poof, right. gone. And so they are. You're right. They are twofold trying to. Um, they're trying to build resources, build technology, while also wiping out anybody that they deem to be an enemy. And we also find out in this movie that the reason that we are such an enemy to them is because the construct that has come that was not of their forces, her species, and again, I'm saying her because she speaks as a, a her, um, she is, they have been fighting this alien race for thousands of years um, while they lost they were able to um they they lost their world lost their core totally destroyed everything she was the sole survivor and was able to gather enough intelligence and intel to um kind of teach others like other civilizations other species that happened to find her how to fight against them they had fought for so long she picked up strategy and all those kind of things and so she is she intercepted our dis, or the distress beacon of the aliens and came here to try to help us and we find right. out one of the main reasons that the aliens are after us is because they hate her and it's because kind she, of the yeah because like and she sort of shows up as like this like sphere it's like some yeah and it's not even uh but yeah she's the only one that can help us like survive uh, or they know that like she is a threat to them so right. that's why they're coming here because and her signal like was traced to us even though eventually the aliens were going to come back to us anyways uh because mm -hmm. of the, the the distress signal originally right but they knew that what she was that it, it was kind of at least in my mind it was it was it led me to believe the whole reason that um and we do learn I, I don't know if we learned this in the first movie. I didn't realize it until this movie, but that it is a hive mind and there is a mother. 
um, like a, a, a central intelligence for the entire alien species. And they kind of made it the reason... Like a queen bee came, almost. Right. And the reason she came was because she personally wanted to destroy this construct. Um, and that's what brought her here. Um, and so basically, you know, she she's reaching out to us um, and trying to help us defeat them. The We find out that the people that were getting all of the... Um, kind of the intel they were getting kind of the connections to the hive mind were seeing her essentially um and basically there was this they showed it a lot there was a glyph that was the aliens kind of their writing or the script that was a circle with a line through it and that was their i guess word for enemy they were interpreting it as uh i can't remember what they said they were interpreting it as but basically it meant enemy, and it was referring to the construct. I think it was fear. Fear, yeah, that's it. Was that? And that's what they interpreted it as, but they find out that, oh, no, they're referring to this construct as their enemy. And because she is allying with the humans, they want to wipe the humans out. Along with, oh, while we're here, let's get your core as well. So, um, And they basically, with her help... And um, with the, a lot of the same players from the previous movie, um, figure out a way to destroy the mother. And um, therefore, it literally, with probably 30 seconds left, keep the core from being breached. Which I did find it funny that if we were that close to the core, um, <laughs> can you think of all the things that would happen if there was this giant hole that is literally that close to the core? core of the earth and you know what that would create in the environment and all of those things like i thought you know the ramifications that that hole alone is going to have for humans to have to deal with oh yeah like <laughs> like the fact that uh i mean before they're like three minutes away from the core being uh right breached or whatever like at that point like is the atlantic ocean or no like because like, they would have been drilling in the pacific ocean at the time right uh, I didn't catch which ocean it was. Uh, no, I guess it would have been the Atlantic. It that's, was in the it, ocean. Yeah, the ship because that's where the ship was drilling. Um. Anyway, so they, I mean, they're drilling there. Like, it, it, is the ocean just going to be drained in that hole now, or is it going to fill up that hole? Like, I'm conf- I, I don't really know how yeah. that's supposed to work. And also, I did have a thought too because, um, when. Uh, so Jeff Goldblum is back in this movie as David Levison again, uh, same exact character. He, and he looks the same exact age. You, you know, Jeff Goldblum has not <laughs> aged ever. So, I mean, like, <laughs> no. he's he's got some secret serum or something. And he's the same character in every show, oh, absolutely. every commercial, and he makes a lot of money doing it. It's I, great. I, I love pretty much everything Jeff Goldblum's been in. Uh, yes. Have you, I, have you seen him in, uh, what was it, the uh, the the Thor movie? Uh Ragnarok, yeah. I thought he was like, because he's like this evil empire genius guy that's kind of fun. like, it's very funny. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Um, so he goes to basically this, this, um, this, uh, African tribe of men who have been battling because apparently one of the ships was able to land instead of falling out of the sky in the, in the war of 96. Uh, when the mothership went down, but that ship had landed and it had been drilling into the earth. 
Um, and this uh, tribe in Africa had been killing off the aliens from that ship since the War of 96. And uh, they go there and then discover that this whole this hole was being dug and drilled down. I was a little confused why the alien ship didn't land there and just continue drilling where the hole was already at. <laughs> like, but, uh, like, I digress. But, and that's where we find out, like, oh, um, there's this kind of funny back and forth between uh, this, like, you know, this suit guy, this guy with a suit in his little briefcase, like, constantly trying to tell uh, uh, Mr. Levinson to get back to Washington because they, yes. they're trying to get him to go to this uh, 20th year anniversary celebration. And uh, the back and forth between, um, I, I can't even remember their, the, their names, and I'm not finding them in the list in IMDb. Um, but he's like, uh, the guy who runs the African tribe, He's like, oh, so how do you how do you kill these things? And he's like, you got to get them from behind. And he's constantly carrying machetes and stuff with him. And apparently, like, if you could stab them in the back, uh, the bio suit will open up, and then the alien will have to crawl out of the bio suit, and then they cut their heads off with the machetes. Yeah. So I think the back is, if I'm not the back and chest specifically, it's kind of where the shielding is, um, because if you notice when later on in the movie the pilots when they're shooting at the mother they shoot directly at her back um it's, yeah it definitely seems like it's the weak point in all yeah. of their um in all of their bio because uh, in the first movie they described it as like a biomechanical suit right but it was almost like an armor yeah um but yeah that, i mean that's pretty much and they they end up taking the mother down and she 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 dies and everything goes back to normal and then at the end they realize uh that with the help of the construct, she is going to teach them how to travel to interstellar space. Uh, so uh, we have the beginning of Star Wars and Halo, whichever <laughs> one you want to go with. Everything um, always ties. Um, I do want to uh, talk about real quick, if we can. Uh, so uh, the cast that came from the first uh, movie into the second movie, uh, like we talked about, you have Jeff Goldblum coming back as David Levinson. You have Bill Pullman coming back as President Whitmore, um, who's not the president anymore. Cell uh, uh, Ward actually plays President Lanford, uh, the newest president in there. Uh, but Judd Hirsch came back as Julius Levinson, the father of uh, David Levinson again. Uh, we had Brett Spiner come back as uh, Dr. Oakham, um, which uh, Dr. Oakham in this was... Uh, from the last time we saw him in Independence Day, the first movie, uh, he had the whole tentacles wrapped around his throat thing and, and the alien was talking through him. And uh, so apparently he's been in a coma for okay. 7,500 days, I think is what it was. Yeah, it was, I, I think I, I thought I remembered 1,700, but. But that that makes more sense because it was twenty years. So oh no, it was I mean, seven. It was seven thousand three hundred days in a coma. Because okay. I, I, I actually typed it in the chat because we were doing a watch party, and I was like seventy three hundred days to be in a coma. Jeez, like. Um, and, she was one of my favorite characters in this movie. I will say I was. I'm glad you said that because one thing, you know, I had only seen the first one right before we did the podcast for the first one. Um, and so I've only seen it one time and didn't really, you know, get to know the characters super well. 
So I was trying to place like who was where in the other movies and um but that made and he I was like I remember like the kind of funny guy in Area 51. Right. Um, yeah. But the whole him getting, you know, sc- choked and the alien speaking through him that that helps remind me who he was. He definitely had a, a much bigger presence in the second movie than he did in the first. Right. Uh, he had a couple funny lines in the first one, but that was pretty much it. And, um, you know, it was basically one of those in the first one. You're just like, Oh, it's data, but not super pale data, <laughs> you know, like, right. Um, but one of the, uh, uh, Robert Loja did make a, did make an appearance as general gray again, but that the only, the only time you see general white, uh, yeah, yeah. He's like super old, um, in the movie. And it's like, uh, Oh God, that was ageist. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like, uh, well, it's a, I mean, I don't know if they, if they made him look that old because it's the movie, but then again, they didn't, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what, how just how he looks. Um, but cause I mean, Jeff Goldblum, like we discussed, hasn't changed. Um, Brett Spire, well, and he, he looked exactly and... the same as he did in the first movie. But I think that was specifically because like, oh, he's been in a coma the whole time. So it hasn't really. Right. Well, and the, the, uh, the general, like, I mean, it has been 20. I mean, the, this movie came out in 2016, didn't it? So I mean, it had been twenty actual years for the movie coming out, and he true, was an older true. man in the first movie. So I, you know, I, to me, I took it as, you know, he probably is retired now in real life, and probably, you know, it's probably how he looks. And they're like, we just want to get you in. It'd be, you know, for your character, it's perfect. And he basically um, and makes felt- he basically just makes a cameo. He just yeah, you know, he's sitting there during the celebration, you know, and they they say. You know the heroes of the you know the heroes of the war in '96, and you know the the new president. You know he says, you know we have with us today General Gray, and you know he's sitting there looking all old. <laughs> and, and I mean, even President Whitmore, uh, Bill Pullman, Pullman, he definitely looked like he had aged. Like yeah, m- more even once he sh- at the end when he shaves and tries to look this like. He was. You could. I mean, you can see twenty years on everyone. Except well, and I also think too because I, I think he was meant to look that way too because it, he he's he's one of these people who have are getting these images in his head constantly mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's almost like, hey, he's kind of crazy now. So I think he was actually right. definitely made to look like that. But once he shaved his beard, because his beard was full gray, uh, right? The, once he shaved the beard, that sort of took the edge off a little bit, but definitely. You could see that. That was for me. I I felt the same way. I thought, you know, the beard and just they're they're playing him to be kind of old and frail and, um, which you know I will say one thing that I'm fascinated. I may be the only one. I know again. I always pull back to the fact that you guys are uh, veterans and 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 you may know more about this stuff than I do. But it's always interesting seeing movies like this to see. Like him sitting in his hotel room, or maybe it was his house, I don't know, but it, um, sitting there talking to his daughter with just a random secret serviceman. Like he's, he's there with a cane and in his pajamas, and there's a secret serviceman just standing there. You know, just the kind of the, you know, you, you always hear that, you know, once a president 
is out of office, they always have Secret Service men with them the rest of their life. But it was just interesting to see, for me, to see that, like how kind of an inside scoop to kind of what that would be like. You know, like you're just, you know, just yeah, chilling that, in your house. Yeah, and that is, that is true. Uh, uh, ex-presidents do get Secret Service details assigned to them. for the, It is true for the rest of their life. Yeah. Um, so, and it's weird too, because that secret service agent almost, um, and they would have multiple of them, not just one dude. Uh, but it's interesting because that guy was almost playing a, a nurse role. It seemed like, like, right. a, like a live in nurse kind of thing. Like, you know, Oh, let's make sure he gets his, gets his medicine and right. <laughs> stuff like that more right. than a secret service. But it, uh, it was almost like, which you would think that maybe some of the secret service, you know, may the fact that at that age, maybe, you know, they assign somebody to you for a, so that you're not just getting a different guy every day. So I'm sure that they had developed, they became kind of like a family friend. You see that at the end yeah. when, you know, he keeps, he, he's, he's going to basically s- sacrifice himself for the, uh, for the whole thing. And he, he basically keeps the secret service keeps his daughter from stopping him. But uh, I want to also say, which you you guys mentioned it um, with the gold bloom, like basically looking at the the guy in the White House. That is another thing that I was interested in. And again, I I always when we're dealing with this stuff because I don't know anything about kind of the internal layers of government and military. And I just, so to me, it's fascinating, but you were talking about where like you see, you see that where he's like, look, you're going to come to Washington and wear a suit. And he's like, listen, let's not make this political, you know, like kind of that, Hey, we need to do this for the country to, to make a big face. And, 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 and he's like, listen, our I've lives are on the line. Do. Yeah. I'll do that when it comes back. And the fact that he's sitting there talking to, I don't know if that's who that was, the attorney general, the I, I don't know who he was, but he's just sitting there talking to this upper level management government person and because he has all this authority and power to just say, you like, screw you, I'm not coming. <laughs> I was like, uh, that's amazing. That guy, that guy you're speaking of was the secretary of defense and his last name is Tanner. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like, who can just look at the Secretary of Defense and say, "Look, I'm not doing your, I'm not gonna do your like Washington BS right now. Like, I need to go figure what's out, what's happening, and how we're all gonna die." Um, and then one more thing to add to that, like, I, I enjoyed kind of the, and this is just a little thing, but I enjoyed how like they show. Will Smith's character's son, um, which let's see, his who was what was his character's Dylan. Name? Dylan, yeah, played um, by Jesse T. Usher. Yeah, he, um, him, and then the uh, the Asian girl that was the other pilot. You know, when they're they're being kind of trotted as you know these war heroes, and like they're going to be leading. Um, different expeditions and and basically kind of like, kind of the PR of saying, "Hey, we are uh, we're all coming together as a 
world and um you know we're all coming together as a world to to create a global defensive force in case anything ever happens again and they're very stoic and very political and all those kind of things um but then all of a sudden like you see them up in the space like and she talks she only talks in mandarin cuz she's like saying like I'm true to my country and then you see her up on the space station with the guy and she's just you know like it's totally irreverent and totally totally something different and it it would the whole time I'm thinking I wonder how much of this is like this all these people that on TV in real life you know you see these very stoic very political, very all this stuff. And then when they all get together with each other, you know, <laughs> they're just nothing like that. You know, it's just it was just was really interesting to me. I don't you know, watching kind of the the PR side of this movie where they're all acting to let the world, you know, kind of give them a brave face, and then you see them kind of behind the closed doors as well. And that I I always like m- movies that kind of delve into that a little bit. There was a lot of that when we did Outbreak. It was kind of that same behind yeah. the scenes stuff that you just you don't think about. I will say though, uh, you know, like this movie I you know, I had some issues with the last movie where it's like you see you see <laughs> you see the guys that are like you know, using their pistol as a as a pointer when they're looking at a map, but they have their finger on the trigger of the pistol the whole time, and you're like, oh, that's not actually... <laughs> Stuff like that. I did not notice in this movie, uh, going around with this one, that I didn't notice the same thing, you know? Like... The- I- the army or the military person noticing all the military flaws. Yeah, I, I and of course, I mean, it's a little different because it's like now all of a sudden it's you know they've got they've got like alien tech rifles and stuff, and uh, of course you know You're the way you didn't have that. No, I didn't have any of that. Just, I mean, it's I'm it sucks. Kidding. Like I, I wish I did. <laughs> uh, you know, I wish we had helicopters that we're, didn't. We're have about to propellers. break national security on our podcast. I, I know, right? We've just been flagged. <laughs> I, I mean, I did have a secret security clearance, so you know. <laughs> that's kinda, um, okay, we're really about to be flat. <laughs> um, so I did think it was interesting, though, that uh, so Jesse T. Usher, who played uh, Dylan Hiller, uh, who is Captain, he's a captain. So they kept saying Captain here, uh, Captain Hiller, which it was irritating because Will Smith is not in this movie, and he was Captain Hiller in the original movie. So uh, you had you had now Captain Hiller, who is Dylan Hiller, which is basically like uh, in the last movie, the kid that uh, the kid that played, you know, uh, Dylan was the guy we talked about was the same actor that played uh, Buckwheat in The Little Rascals. Mm -hmm. That's who he's supposed to be, but has grown up. And uh, we come to find out that Will Smith's character the original Captain Hiller, um, apparently is supposed to have died in a training accident. Which was my least favorite part of the movie. Well, I mean, so, and that's the thing, because I just went through the list of the, of the actors who came back into this movie. So a lot of the a lot of the same big, you know, na- the, the people who were, <coughs> excuse me, instrumental in the story, such as uh, Jeff Goldblum, Judd Hirsch, Brett Spiner, uh, Bill Pullman, those people came back. Uh, even uh, um, 
Vivica A. Fox, who played Jasmine. Uh, she is back in the movie, and uh, I gotta say, Jasmine went from being a stripper in the first movie to a doctor in the second movie. Yeah. Um, so Why she she worked. She change. really she did a good job working her way through college, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and made something good of herself. So, um, uh, not to disparage the uh, the strippers out there, but uh, you know, girls got to work. <laughs> uh, oh man, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she ended up becoming a doctor, which, uh, you know, so it was a little sad to see her die in this movie, though. Uh, spoiler alert for those. Um, you know, because she's she basically died saving a pregnant woman, um, making sure that pregnant woman and her brand new baby that just happened, uh, or just happened, I mean born, was just born, uh, saving them and getting them on a chopper and she was not able to get onto the chopper before literally the hospital collapsed underneath her feet and she fell into the uh, inferno. Um, yeah. But, you know, it was good to see that she she led a, a good life and became a doctor and we're, we're, we're proud. We're proud of Jasmine yeah. uh, here on ROTM Radio. You, you go, girl. <laughs> um, so, uh, I do so I want to talk about this a little bit. I I originally was upset with this movie because of the fact that Will Smith is not in it. I don't know how you guys felt about that. I'm going to take it from here. Zach, take it. Um, first thing I'd like to say is, regardless of the fact that you just ended on this particular topic, this is how I was going to start. And that is, I firmly believe that Will, Sm- Will Smith dodged a bullet. So I'm just going to drop that off right now. Um, I think that that is a subjective fact. Very. Uh, that that happened. <laughs> um, I, while we do not necessarily like negativity here on ROTM Radio, disclaimer, this might be a little bit of a negative review. So I detested this movie. Um, I did not enjoy it. Uh, I thought... Pretty much 95% of it was just forced nonsense. Um, I thought the best part of the film was, of course, Jeff Goldblum at times. Um, I didn't think that he was the same character. Like, I, I feel like he was a little bit more goofier. And, and really, I think everyone was just a little bit more goofier. Um, love Judd Hirsch, though. Like, that was always his character. He definitely, Judd Hirsch hasn't changed a bit just that same goofiness to him, but, but also, you know, like, you know, you probably wouldn't want to mess with him. Right. Uh, my, just, just a quick, like one of my favorite parts of the movie was honestly, whenever, uh, David was trying to work on, he was trying to work on something and his dad's just talking to him and he's just like, yeah, yeah, dad, look, can, do you, can, can we not, do this? Do you see this thing up in front yeah. of us? And this was so after the ship landed. He, so and Judd Hirsch, like, looks up, like he's kind of like looking around, like what, and he happens to glance over in the in the horizon, and then looks away, and then like double double backs to it. He's just like, he's just like, oh shoot! But like, <laughs> and what he was trying to do was basically they were going to bomb the mothership, but the bomb they were going to use would have wiped out like half the planet, so they were going to use a shield to contain the bomb. And so 
Yeah, that's what Judd Hirsch is like. Oh, you mean the world's got to end for me to be able to see my son? Jeez, blah blah blah. And he's right. just like, yeah, yeah, dad, yeah, I get it. Yeah, we can dad, do this in a like, minute. Like I'm like literally like turn around and look. There's there's like the invasion this will be forces the last right time there. You see your son if you don't let me do this right now. <laughs> I, I will I agree also, though, that Judd Hirsch's uh, character is great. And I love the fact that because he is definitely the same exact character he was. Like, you you remember he made the comment in the first movie. He was like, oh, man, I didn't know I was going to the White House. If I didn't know I was going to the White House, I wouldn't be looking like such a schmuck, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and he says in this movie, because uh, he's like driving a bus full of kids who apparently, <laughs> apparently like the bus driver just straight up up and left all these kids and a bus full of gas. Uh, to go like um, have relations with some woman somewhere, and he's like, "All right, well, I'll just drive this bus." And so they're all reading his book uh, that he wrote, and one of the kids goes, "Oh yeah, well, my dad says that like you weren't, you didn't actually go to the your White son, House. It was a conspiracy that, and it was a whole, it was there. a conspiracy theory, and your son didn't actually fly into the mothership." And then he goes, "Oh yeah, well, your father's a putz." <laughs> I loved it. it <laughs> I, my he was my, I I said that the uh the other uh Okun was my favorite character. I I honestly I take that back. I really think uh Hearst was my favorite character. Be, like I loved I loved that bec- and it was funny because it was a bunch of orphaned kids as well. They all kind of knew right. their parents were gone. And he's just like he literally, in the middle of the like end of the world, just picks up father. A, a bunch of kids in a school bus and drives it in the middle of the desert. <laughs> like, and by the way, that I'm going to start calling that super bus because that bus lived through a lot of things. <laughs> and I, you, being a truck driver, may be able to speak to that more. I, I was like, this bus can scoot. Oh yeah, I, I don't, it, I don't ever want to be in a truck. Uh, although I will say, I, I'll probably, I, I'd alien. rather be in a truck than like my my little Nissan Altima now. But like, <laughs> like I'd rather be in a truck being chased by the like fourteen story high mother or queen hive person, <laughs> while also being surrounded by a tornado's worth of ships. That, right. See, and that was the other thing I, I kind of had an issue with was, like, the size of the, the queen mother of the, like, I, I don't know. It just, it seemed ridiculous. See, to me, that made sense because, again, as a Halo fan, you know, the whole concept, if, if you've played the Halo games, you know that the Flood is a hive mind. And the Flood's like central intelligence is also massive. So I'm used to me that made so much sense. Um, and, and it made it like to me, made it believable that, that if one, if you were going to say one person was controlling the entire thing, it makes sense that she would be ginormous. So to me, it was a, I, I definitely, that was not a problem for me. But real quick, I also my I want my favorite uh Judd Hirsch part was the first time you see him in the movie as he's the whole book, you know, of course, he's just taking advantage of 
how famous his son is. Like, it has nothing to do with him. He didn't do anything, but he takes full credit for it. His book, wasn't it How I Saved the World? Well, the whole thing was, like, remember, in he was basically saying, like, because uh, he, he made the statement to David, I don't want you to catch a cold, and that's where David got the idea of, right. like, we can put a we can send a computer virus up to the mothership to disable it. And so he's he's like, you know, basically, I can't remember the name of the book, was like How I Saved Humanity or something. I think it's something. How I Saved the World. Yeah. And so he's taking credit for the entire thing. All he did was make a comment, and he's the reason that <laughs> the entire world was saved. And you see him, and it looks like he's doing this massive, like, book tour. And then it's... But is that a his, nursing home? It's at his, probably his nursing home. Oh, man. Well, I love too and, where and he's the just guy's like falling asleep in the front, and he he's like, "Hey, hey." Well, and it's funny too are. because he's like he sets up after he has his little talk, and he's like, "The book's only five ninety nine, you know, it's a bargain." And and then he sits down for people to buy his book, and then he's like, uh, "No rush." Um, <laughs> but no, so Zach, sorry, we kind of just uh, uh derailed your your conversation here because you mentioned that you like Judd Hurst and we did too. Oh yeah. Um he's one of my favorite characters. Um like I said, just because of really who he is. Well I want to uh, know why you detest the movie so much. So that we can get all, into all this right. real quick. What well, so why as- so just to say this out first, I liked this movie, and I think I liked it a little better than the first movie. So me and me and Zach are complete opposite. Oh, that's and a I ridiculous would like to see statement. Him make his case. Yes, thank you, Ryan. Can I um, say before you make that statement that um, I grew up on the first movie and I loved that movie, and that's like why. that was like amazing. And the second movie made 20 years later just to try to cash in on the nostalgia of people was not as good. Although I will say the second time watching it, I because I already knew my feelings about it, I was able to watch it and just watch it. So I'm excited. I'm going to let Zach go ahead, but I'm coming back to that point because I have a rebuttal to that whole argument. But go ahead, Zach. And I also disagree with Zach's statement that uh, Will Smith dodged a bullet, but I will get onto the Will Smith uh, soapbox here in a moment once Zach is done arguing his points. Sure, sure. Um, so I want to start off by saying uh, I I also grew up on the first one, loved it. Both Ryan and I really, that's, uh, that's even together why. at times. That's why you hate this one. Now it's the whole but, reason. So no, no, it's not the whole reason. I, I have. There's a lot, and it really goes into just a lot of movies that are made nowadays. Like, if I had to guess, all right, if I had no other knowledge in the past of of what company made this movie, I would have said Disney. Um, because there's so many similarities in the Disney movies. Like, they made everything from the seriousness of the first one to just everything's just all goofy and playful now. They had so much comedic humor comedic relief in there that just seemed unnecessary like it was even whenever (laughs) goodness whenever dr oaken's lover died like (laughs) i I was like am i supposed to be laughing during this part like he's he's literally dying and like they're just cracking jokes the whole time and i'm like i this is ridiculous like there's no feels here i i feel 
I I felt completely the opposite reaction of everything you're saying. To me, I felt like the first one, for example, um, taking Levinson or Goldblum's character, I felt like in the first one, he was a little, he was more his typical self where he's kind of comedic, kind of weird, kind of out there, uh, kind of a drunk, but a really smart drunk. This movie, I felt like he was all serious. Like, we got to get this taken care of. And I felt like there were jokes, but, like, that whole time, like, I I felt kind of the whole, uh, like, the doctor's, he's dying, and he's like, I'm, like, that was his way with dealing with the sadness of it. Now, I will say that, they did kind of make a funny out of like right afterwards where he just goes ham on those aliens and yeah, he's doing and, it. And again, his- that is a Disney thing right there. Yeah. I- oh, look how crazy it is. Dr. Oaken's just like, and he's just shooting everything. And I'm like, give which, me a which break. I love, I love I- comedy. So this is where I think we're just different. I think that, like if the movie is just a hundred percent serious, then I wouldn't like it as much. But that may I, be no, the no. Difference. But see, this is where the first one separates. You had the comedic humor of Will Smith in the first one, and uh, David running around freaking out about people putting trash in the recycle or recycling in the trash. That's true. You know, like and the guy's just he's just like. Are you serious? You know, like three Coke cans next to a recycling bin. And he was just so upset about that. And then he throws him in the recycling bin. Or Will Smith. Will Smith with his few lines. But again, Will Smith was also like, like there, he was very serious a lot during the movie. Like right. He, you know, he, he's, he's trying to, to fight these guys. Um, And again, it was... They just felt like like uh, around every corner they had to make some kind of joke or like, you know, some type of just just easy, just an easy like throw in line. You know, like the movie was almost again, along with the 95 percent, you know, terrible. It was about the same amount of cliches. Like think of every cliche in the movie that you have. Like, it's just ridiculous. For one, Dr. Oaken died in the first one and i don't care what they say to be like oh he didn't actually die he was in a coma or whatever he died in the first one and that's that i i I think it's fine that that he came back just because i did like the character but also dr oaken again he was a crazy aloof professor in the first one but but and he seemed kind of like a creepy scientist guy like like he was getting so excited about like cutting the alien open and like right. seeing what it is. And he had all this knowledge about the other ones who had been there uh, previously that had crash landed or whatever. Like, and he just seemed like some weird guy and they're just like, okay, well, can you just tell us about it? Oh, right. And then he gets back, you know, and, and then, and then the alien wakes up and then it like chokes him and then it talks through him. And it was just like, holy crap, this thing is, this is serious right now. Like, and they didn't have to have this terrible CGI aliens. They just used like an animal, an animatronic, an animatronic, animatronic. I can't remember, but they, they used like a 
they they actually built it. They, they it was an actual real suit that they presented to look like some alien suit, not just oh we have to CGI yeah. it and make and it's so obviously CGI and that's Which, where so this is this is where we majorly differ because like to me, so part of the reason, and let me just say the part of the reason I like it to make the counterpoint. So I I felt like. I again, I felt like that ca- the doctor's character. I felt like he was the exact same in this one as he was in the other one, um, but I felt like this one seemed to be more. Uh, for example, they took more lives in this one than I like. Main characters died left and right, which I like in a movie because I think too many times you're like, okay, I know that person's going to die and that person's going to die, but this person's not going to die. Like the fact that the president and her entire succession died, didn't expect that to happen. Um, I did not expect the, uh, Dylan's mom to die. Uh, Jasmine, I didn't expect her to die. I felt like this, it felt, this one felt more grave. Like it felt like, okay, they really don't, they literally may wipe out everybody. You know, I, I really thought they were going to kill all those, the young kids that were the fighters. I thought they're literally just going to kill everybody. And it's just going to be Dr. Uh, Levinson. That's going to have to save the world by himself. So I enjoyed that, but two, and this is where I, I guess my argument would be, as somebody who didn't grow up with it, and this is, I've always had this argument, and I know people that are listening are going to want to strangle me, and I apologize, but I just got to say it. So I I think so many people get wrapped in the nostalgia of things, and, like, I would way more pref- prefer a CGI, humongous-looking like flawless alien than like, I I just, I enjoy the fact like the whole Disney, when when people talk about Marvel movies in a negative light or like the new star Wars movie and their, their like animations and their over the top ness, almost like it's a negative. I'm just completely the opposite. Give me bigger and more and less is never more to me. So like, I want I want to I want to feel like oh my gosh there is no chance that these people are that like the ship is so massive that there is no way that they're going to get out of this. And I felt like the aliens looked great in this movie. I felt like they were very um I enjoyed the detail of their exosuit and the way like I've never I've never seen a story where aliens connect with their exosuit the way they did specifically in this movie where it was in the first movie, but they don't go into detail about it. And I, I don't want the, I just never prefer the whole, like leave it to the imagination. I want the full picture right out in front of me. And like I said, so I felt like the story, like Ryan was saying was very similar. I don't think story wise, there was much improvement. It was, I mean, like any time you tell the story once, the second time it's going to be kind of, you know, you've seen this before, which is, I mean, I think if you're, if you believe that that's the way it is, then you, we should just pray that they never, um, 
they never make sequels to any movie because I just don't think you can, you kind of have to stick to the original story and build off of it. But if you're going to have a sequel, I felt like it was story-wise, it was pretty close, but I much prefer the art style, much prefer, pre- pre- uh, wow, I can't talk, scratch this. Uh, <laughs> I much preferred the humongous animation and all of those. Um, now, I'm not a huge movie buff that's all into the, you know, like, oh, look what we did with, you know, building sets and all. I, I don't care about that. Give me the best on-screen experience. And so to me, I just felt like it was amazing in that regard. And so that's why I like this one more is because of all the things that you said you hate. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and but but here's the deal, right? It's not that I don't like CGI, but I don't like every single, like, Every other minute, it's throwing stuff in my face. And the, here's another thing that I don't like. Whenever it looks like CGI, as in when I can't, if I can't discern if it's, if it, if it, if it's an actual, like, uh, um, if it's an actual object that, like, one of their, like, like a makeup, like, either they, they put the makeup on, like, like, let's take Worf from Star Trek, Okay. If I can tell if it's CGI or if if it's if it's actually makeup, like that makes a difference. If I can't tell, then that's great. But you could tell a huge difference between the 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 bio suit in the first movie and these guys. Like right? They were very obviously oh, CGI'd. They looked unnatural. But see, their movements so- were unnatural, and I cannot stand that because it just looks like some crappy. It looks like one of those stupid baby, like the baby animation songs where they're singing about Daddy Finger, (laughs) and the the animations are just so like twitchy Uh, and off. So I can't stand the the response I'll give, and then Ryan will turn it over to you to let you settle this. So I I agree with you. I think it looks different. I did not care as much for. I feel like the first movie. It felt like, to me, I thought that the aliens looked like people in, in suits. And to me, I I just don't like, I don't like feeling like, oh, I'm watching a costume party. Um, and so that's why, to me, I prefer that. And then I also like, I like my aliens to be just constant destruction. Like, I like, I like to think that if aliens invaded, it would be just on this humongous galactic scale. Uh, Like I don't really need to, um, I actually was having a conversation at the barbershop one day with my other barber about this. And I said, I actually want to see a movie where the aliens just wipe us out. And he's like, you are so weird. (laughs) He's like, who wants to see that movie? I'm like, I do. Cause like, we're this, you know, we know our human limitations and somehow we always best the alien, you know, like at some point, give the alien credit and just have a movie where they just come and destroy the planet, you know, and maybe yep. one person survives and then they, that's the end of the movie that they're just by themselves. But like, so <laughs> I, I, so I still have a lot to say, so I can't turn it over to Ryan just yet. Um, <laughs> 
Because you guys talk a lot. We do. And, it's true. And then I forget about stuff. But but because I have a lot to say and then, you know, I'm going to destroy all of the arguments you probably already have against mine before we even get there. Um, so I I also want to iterate that I, that I am okay with big battle scenes. I think it's good. I think it's good for story. I would also love the idea of a movie where it's completely unexpected and, yeah, the aliens win. Or whatever, like, they win. I, I kind of like those not happy ending movies. But knowing that Disney probably created this, um, you knew that that was going to be happily ever after. Right. Uh, and as far as, like, like even your, you were talking about how you feel like the sense of danger was more here. Like, to me, it just it, it didn't seem that way. Because even though the main characters died, like, you hardly even really knew the main characters. There was hardly any character buildup to make me feel connected to one or the other. Like... Oh, hey, this here's Dylan. He's he's Captain Hiller's son. Uh, also, Captain Hiller died in a training accident. OK, now now let's go ahead and, and we got to start this battle over here. Uh, oh, by the way, this is the daughter, the president's little girl. Oh, the president. Well, he's now he pretty much took the place of Russell from the last movie. So he's just a loon, a, a crazed <laughs> loon. And oh, 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 we know that he had these the aliens had telepathic abilities, but we're just going to disregard his feelings now or listening to him. Yeah. Even though the last movie, like he, he obviously was affected in a way it, like it just didn't make sense to me. Like, and again, it was doing it cause, Oh, it's just funny and it's goofy and we need to fit this guy in somehow. How are I we going to do that? I do He's not the president with you. anymore. I think character building, they really spent more time on, um, they spent more time on the some of the older characters that were in the previous movie and a lot less time on like the new president the you know like they didn't spend a lot of time developing some of the characters yeah. that they killed yeah, like off. if if hey did the the did madam president die i can't remember yeah, she, did. she did her and her okay. entire line of succession died that's why um they ended up getting general adams who's played by william uh, fitchner um they ended up uh, swearing him in as president because he was the only one surviving with high enough rank that could do it. Right, right. Okay, yeah, I, I just like completely blanked on that. Um, so again, I no feeling. I was like, oh, that sucks. I, I I've only seen you a few times, and you said, yeah, let's shoot this ship. Well, that we don't know what it is, but at the same time, you you're there's so many. Ca- See, I felt like there if there was any disservice, it was the fact that there were so many characters in this movie. And you need. I, I felt like they did. They did make it to where, like, okay, we're gonna kill them, so we're not gonna spend a lot of time. So I and I'm not mad that I didn't like. I I I didn't really like the president, the new president, anyway, because I felt she was just kind of forced, like everything. Well, else I just in felt like she she's just a trigger, like a people pleaser. We got the whole PR stuff again. I was very. Um, not to be political in any way, but I just was like, this yeah, is- it was just cliched politics, right? Stuff, like, exactly. Oh, we we have to destroy this thing because. But I reasons. so I I was I was hoping that she <laughs> her cabinet died and they gave it to me. So that <laughs> I you know that was I it was a part of the movie I enjoyed. Yeah, and, and but it didn't even give me the satisfaction of making her maybe more of a villain or something, which right. I'm glad because I feel like it would be stupid if they right. just. But I did feel like I felt what one thing I felt with that to counter it. And then I want to say one last thing. And then, Ryan, we're just going to let you 
finish the whole thing out. And we won't even respond. What? No, I still have things to go over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was we just going to let Zach finish before Dustin interrupts every thought. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> let, let's go back to the beginning of, of the story where a wormhole opens and then a sphere comes out. And just that, that whole thing. Again, right? Every character, they introduced, yeah, like 50 new characters. It was almost like a Star Wars movie, only it's not a trilogy. Like, it'd be one thing at least if... I feel like they could have made kind of a hey, lore here. I feel like there was a story here that they could have went 36, they're going to be interstellar. We know it. It's happening. Oh gosh. Yeah, so, <laughs> I thought I thought it was interesting. I thought it was interesting, the story. I feel like if they could have built on that, like... Like, oh, they discover something, and then they discover that maybe a small sect had survived on Earth, and they're working on something. Who knows? Like, I feel like they could have really went in a better direction without... But, but I mean, hey, in the world of CGI, we could just, like, build stuff and then just have huge <laughs> alien battles the whole, the whole movie with pretty yes. much no story. Goodness. In game, all over again. I love it. <laughs> Uh, oh, hey, oh, some people are going to die, and then some people are going to live, and then, oh, we win again. Yay. Anyways, uh, so the sphere comes out, and it's just staring at them. It, it looks like a cyclops. And then they're like, do, do we shoot it? Uh, yeah, and then they're trying to be like, no, those aren't the same ones that came here before. As if that matters. You don't know if it's a different ship, but same species. Like, my goodness. All you know is that aliens came once and tried to wipe you out, and... You're here like content, like, oh, we shouldn't shoot it because the ship looks different. Like, yeah, that was 20 years ago. This is an advanced alien species, apparently. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, I wasn't upset like, with the actual, uh, like, what they did. Because it was like they made a decision based off the one other time they've had encounters with aliens, which was very right. bad. So they were like, shoot it and hope to God it's the right choice. Which is why yeah. she didn't. I mean, that's why the construct didn't turn on him. They're like, you shot me down. But, I mean, she was clearly understanding of the fact that, hey. Because <laughs> she, I yeah, guess uh, at that point, could have unleashed all her technology against the humans. You know, and she didn't do so. So Yeah, and I, well, and I didn't like that. You, you know, again, and it like turns to the president. And, you know, all the generals, you know, of course, are like, yeah, you know, we need to blow this thing up. And it's just, it's very cliche. Like, I, oh, I definitely hadn't. I didn't think that that was going to happen or like the they like hold your hand to some of the things that are going to happen. Like whenever they're whenever it keeps going to a few of them and they're like, no, the ship's different. You know, like, I, I don't think it's bad. And then you're going to be like, oh, that was probably good, guys. But we're going to shoot them out of the sky like nobody saw that coming. Right. Except we did because they pretty much told us right before it was going to happen. Um like, they didn't leave anything that was surprising. I will say the only thing that was surprising was Jasmine dying, because I, I swore that she was going to, like, they were going to hold on by, like, their index fingers and somehow swim to safety. Um, but that didn't happen. So I, I was definitely, I wouldn't say pleasantly surprised, but I was like, oh, they they actually killed her, you know? I, I, th I thought that, of course, you know, they were going to live and then everyone was going to be happy. But, of course, that sadness lasted hardly any. All It, it just showed um usher who's like mom oh i'm so sad oh all right yeah, I that's mean, it because it, it, you know? he had all the time in the world to grieve his mom 
No, but I mean, but that's the thing. Like it, it was, it was again. This all just felt forced, and and it focused on her like falling in the building. Like you, you just, I, I see what I, you're I, saying. You could have died I see what in you're a. Saying. There could have just been better ways to do some of these things, and and of course I know. It's probably the movie was probably made to be more of just a nostalgia, whatever money grab, I guess. But all right, so and and about the alien thing, that's just like I will. You guys have showed that all humanity is not evil, but there is some thought to what you guys do sometimes. So I'm gonna teach you interstellar travel to help defeat the aliens, or or they come to the conclusion of interstellar travel. Uh, I just, that whole thing, I, it just it threw me off every aspect of it. What is this sphere? Oh, they, they've evolved into a way to cro- transfer their, their consciousness into electricity in, in machines. And I, and I hated it. I, <laughs> I thought that it was just like, it was I, just like the lamest thing. Like, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you like all these things now because, you know, humans can be good and stuff and you know, Ryan, not all horrible. Maybe we should not read the Halo universe with Zach. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he hates if he hates people becoming constructs and no, 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 transferring no. See, of see, consciousness. There is a trouble. lot of lore to that series. That's true. Here we went from ID4 knowing hardly anything about these two, all of a sudden there's these guys and the Oracle pops through in a wormhole and gets her head blown off. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Like, and again, like Halo completely different. I, I'm, I'm going to really enjoy that series. So, uh, I, I thought that that was ridiculous. Also the speech that they gave, like, goodness, it, it's such a cliche. Who, who didn't see that coming? And of course, like I, like I'm just sitting there not enjoying the speech because it's it's lame and they're trying to call back to something, but it's like that didn't need a callback. It it's its own thing. It should have been left alone. And this is why I believe that Will Smith dodged a bullet because I don't know how he could have made this movie better <laughs> except with having his face in it in the scenes that he's in and that's it. Like him being in the scene, okay, I like this part of the movie, and then when he's not there anymore all right, this movie's just, just dreadful. But the speech thing is what I want to end on because I, I didn't, they didn't have to do all these things that the, the, here's the thing that I thought was great. Uh, Judd Hirsch's aloofness and the scene where they use their pri- they, they blow that area up. And then the guy's like, come on, you know, what's going on? And then he gets out of his car and he looks back and then it's like, you know, the, the, the wall of fire coming toward him. And that I thought that that was a good callback short, sweet. You got an idea of what happened and you didn't have to, you didn't have to make people hate it. So you hate fan service essentially. I, I don't like it whenever it's like forced in my face. Like, yeah. And my, my hand is held through all this. Hey, come here, come here, Zach. Remember this from the last movie? Yeah, isn't this great? We're doing it again, but kind of different. All right, we'll we'll come and get you for the next one. Like it's it's like, can you just? It's fine. Come on. I love it, Ryan. Ryan is about to burst his pants over here. <laughs> if you all, all know, right, we are, have are, a chat. Are you and, guys uh, ready if I for can post the gifts? 
that are going oh, I, through. <laughs> I, I've just been doing that to annoy Zach the whole time because uh, he deleted he deleted the first one I had. You, so. you need to. <laughs> where's the bidet? <laughs> oh, that was coming next, but I didn't know how much longer oh, Zach that was, was going to talk. <laughs> that was fan service. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, are you guys ready? Are you you guys ready for my opinions? Yes, we're ready. Okay, but actually, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Man, so much to cover. Um, uh, I will say I don't really care about CGI versus non-CGI, so that one to me is a is a non-starter either way. Uh, I will say though that uh, in the first movie we saw we saw less aliens in one place. Um, as far as, you know, we saw close up detail of the aliens only uh, like once or twice in the first movie. Uh, the second movie they're showing like the alien prison, I think is probably the worst case of CGI in the entire movie. In my opinion, uh, where all of them are in their cells and they've got all their tentacles going crazy or whatever that looked like CGI. Um, but there was a lot of them, so you wouldn't expect a, a movie maker to, you know, build hundreds of, you know, uh, puppets or however they did, right? So that's my opinion on that. But like I said, as far as CGI versus non-CGI, I don't really care, you know. Um, I will also say, though, this movie to me, uh, and it could be the fact that because I loved the first movie so much and it is nostalgia for me, um, the fan service wasn't great. Uh, you know, the new general having a speech, it's like, oh, he made a speech, but it wasn't necessary. Although it, it may have been necessary. Although the first speech by Bill Pullman's character, President Whitmore, was such an epic, amazing speech that no other speech given in the second movie was going to be able to compare. Right. So I think that that's kind of where that is a problem. Um, also, to respond to... Um, there, there is so many characters that you're sort of thrown at you. You know, you have, especially with, you've got Dylan Hiller who, oh, look, Dylan grew up and became a rapper and, or wait, no, a fighter pilot. And then you have um, Patricia Whitmore who is, you know, like they were the young kids in the movie. It's like, okay, great. That's who they are. But there's, there is no character development at all except for the fact that, uh, you know, Patricia Whitmore is married to uh, Jake Morrison, who Dylan Hiller and Jake Morrison don't like each other. Uh, Jake Morrison is played by Liam Hensworth. And there's a little story in there about how he almost got Dylan killed during a training accident. And so they don't like each other. So it creates like, I don't know. It creates It creates some issues as far as, you know, their characters are concerned. But that's really the only amount of character building at all that you get um, with them. So it's kind of like, you know, here they are, but they were kids in the first movie, so they're completely different actors and actresses, you know, but, you know, we're 20 years later and they've grown up and they've done things with their life, and that's all good. Um, But I just, like, I didn't care about their characters. Right. I guess. I I, um, I I feel this. I will agree with that. I don't. I don't felt feel like I cared about them as much because I felt like their story arc once the uh, 
Liam's character got punched in the face, it was like, okay, that story's over. Like, they, uh, the, at the end, they're just random people in the fight for the rest of the movie. At right, first, and, I, I and I think they were supposed to be taking place of, um, like in the first movie, you know, they're supposed to be taking the place of people like uh, Jeff Goldblum's character. They're supposed to be like, even though Jeff Goldblum's character remained sort of the same, like, pivotal point uh, in David Levison, but like, you know, they're supposed to be taking the place of people like, um, the auxiliary Will Smith, characters. like Will Smith's character. Like they're the ones they're leading this fight, you know? And it's like, yeah. okay, great. Except for but, like, I, I just don't, I don't care about their characters that much. Right. Um, and that could just be because like, it was literally 20 years between the movies and I've watched the first movie you know, 20 plus times and I loved it every time and don't mess with what I love because I love it. You know, I, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, hey, and, and what, so <laughs> I forgot to mention this with president Whitmore and how he became Russell. <laughs> Even he flies up into the ship and as he's doing that, I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, hello, you alien a-holes. <laughs> well, I just, he, he, I'm like, really? Like he, he, did, he was pretty much Russell. Yeah, he he did pretty much take the, you know, and it's one of those things where, like, the first Independence Day is full of memorable quotes, right? Quotes that you just remember and you laugh at and you can requote it. And I looked up Independence Day quotes. Rotten Tomato literally gave us four quotes out of the entire movie. And I'm like, um, what? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, I I don't know. It's one of those things where there is no nostalgia for me for this movie. Um, and I, I think that's the biggest problem of why I'm not going to be a big fan of it is the nostalgia reasons, right? Right. Which is very funny because I'm also sort of aggravated that Will Smith was not in this movie. And Will Smith basically was like, I don't want to do this movie for nostalgia reasons because that's the only reason why you want me on this movie. Which will also uh, also will explain some of the flaws in the movie was the fact that they had to rewrite it because they wrote it around his character originally. So there was a lot of rewrites. So the fact that, you know, Zach, you say he dodged a bullet. Okay. He might not have dodged. It might've been a better movie if they didn't have to do a quick rewrite to write him out. If that makes sense. Yeah. So well, they did. They certainly did not do a good job of writing him out. My least favorite part of the movie was that he literally goes into an alien ship and comes out alive, but he dies in a training exercise. Right. <laughs> it, 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 that, I don't know. It's I, just like... I thought, like, at least give him, like, some kind of... Like, he was out in space and, and doing something cool and something shot off, and he's floating in space somewhere, never to die. Like, you, Yeah, like, I, I kind of feel like move. maybe, like, he was, a te- you know, which could have built some more tension... Uh, uh, for like say Dylan Hiller's character, right. like if if He's he upset with the government you know, he, because of something. oh no, no no what I'm thinking is like you know uh you know Captain Hiller the original like he died uh going off into Africa and helping try to fight off the aliens who did land and the aliens right. killed him therefore Dylan Hiller is really mad at the aliens for taking his daddy and now now there's there's an emotional connection for why exactly. Dylan Hiller is fighting the aliens besides humanity, because that was the first movie's whole thing. 
And I think also because the first, because this is a sequel, like I'm sitting here just the whole time watching it going, oh, of course they're going to get out of it. Like, of course they're going to survive. Like they already did. So yeah, plucky, right. plucky little humans in our, and we don't have the technology as good as what it, you know, is what aliens have, but you know, we're going to find a way. And that's just, that's just story writing. And like you guys said, it would be nice at some point for us to break that mold because it'd be interesting to see how that would go over. Um, yeah, yeah. So on that point, having like three, four, five scenes where they're like the tension just isn't there for me. Like, oh, they're just about to escape like a building falling on them. Are they going to get out? Well, yeah, because they've done it three more times. Well, you see, know, but earlier that's, in the that's movie, like was... they just barely made it out of something. It's like not everything has to be this. Again, it's just like this forced. Edge. I'm on the edge of my seat because I'm. I'm really not. I'm. I already know that they're gonna live. Well, see, that was. And then my, when they die, I'll. You know, I'd be like, oh well. That was my. <laughs> but see, I feel the exact opposite with it because I. I honestly, the first movie, I felt was, and again, I have no nostalgia. So, to me, I'm looking at each movie very equally, in that regard. I felt like the first movie. They didn't seem as dire. It didn't seem as dire. Like, I mean, it was like any other alien movie. Obviously, we need to we need to do this. What I liked about this movie is they tried several things that did not work. The other movie seemed like there were there were a couple things they did that didn't work, but most of the time it was like they figured everything out. It worked on the first try and they they won. This movie was like I liked the fact that I didn't, I, you know, you know, if you're watching a movie that it's going to work out because people want to see humans win everything. So, you know, that that's going to happen, but I like to think I've, I've compared it to in the latest star Wars movie when they show the, uh, basically Palpatine's all of the ships that he is getting together. And I remember looking at that fleet thinking, how in the world can a rebel like alliance take down that those many, that many star destroyers with probably undead sith controlling them like that was my mindset and i was like like i know they're going to win because that's the point in the movie i just don't know how like it doesn't make any sense to me and i felt that way about this movie in that like there were a lot of times when like the destruction in man in China, like the way that that scene was, I was like, I don't know that China will ever exist again because it was the most destruction I've seen in either movie. And I was like, I liked the fact that, you know, they they blew up the 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 president gave his life and it didn't even work. I loved that, that he completely he destroyed her. Or, you know, he thought he'd, he destroyed her ship, but she had a shield that kept her alive. I loved the fact that it was like this was his heroic moment. And then they're like, actually, no, it's not, you know, because some things in these movies have to go a little wrong, you know, because not everything would go right normally. And so even your biggest heroes would would die for nothing. And I liked I liked. Yeah, but I'd say touches. that that's a cliche in and of itself, like. I, I expected that. Like, there's no way that they're going to have them go the way of Russell. Oh, I, 
I totally without any buildup. Like, and of course she's gonna live, and then they're gonna think they kill her, and then all of a sudden, oh, she comes out of her bio suit and still alive. I totally thought that he was gonna be the hero and sacrifice. Like, I that I to me the cliche would have been he kills her because he was the hero in the first movie, so he comes back to be the hero in the second movie. That's what I thought was well, gonna I happen. Mean, Russell was the was well. The that's hero. true, but. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, to me, I was completely thrown off by that. So, I, I w- to me, it was not cliche. I, I liked the fact that she was not dead. And basically, I liked the fact that you had to live with, hey, this, the one of the main characters in the whole show just died. And really, for no reason. Like, I, I enjoyed that, like, total to me it was out of out of what i would typically think would be from a movie like this because in this movie if someone if in these movies typically if someone dies it's usually like they needed that they needed that sacrifice and in this they didn't need it (laughs) like it was this whole big plan and it just totally screwed up and i i kind of enjoyed that personally but yeah like I, i like that I just don't like how forced it feels. Like, again, for me, it was like I was pretty much expecting something like that to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have the same feeling as I did with Russell whenever he went and sacrificed himself because he couldn't, for whatever reason, his, 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 uh, he couldn't fire the ordinance and he, like, had to just make a decision which he didn't know was going to work or not. Right. Um, like that I liked here. It was just like, hey, kooky old president guy who turned out to be right and we were all wrong. Well, let's let's try flying in a nuke. Right. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's just to me, uh, the 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 Russell one. I, I mean, I've being again a Halo fan. I've seen that same death like five times. So to me, I was just like, yeah, OK. Like, you know, the guy. Ha- oh, my the you know i have to launch the bomb manu- manually okay i'm going to have to die like i've seen that so much that it yeah it yeah. was the complete well, well that that's what me. i liked is cuz that's that's what i liked is because you don't think that's going to happen because you think be, because you think that they're going to destroy it and you're like all right you know russell's got it cuz he's the only one that has ordinance left right. and then wait now it's not working you're like oh crap well well, what can they do? I mean, because it, it doesn't necessarily make sense that he's just going to fly into it at that point. Uh, like, if, if it's your first time seeing yeah. it, obviously. But, like, because they kind of build it up to that. Not ju- Like, you're not expecting things to just go wrong right there, and then he has to make the split-second decision of, of doing something. Right. But when it comes to, like, with this one, it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to have a plan. Like, like you especially because we already have the first movie and they're they've this is why like everything has been so cliche up to this point and and cliches are okay but it was like so much of it was of course that's gonna happen yeah oh let me guess this is gonna happen and this thing's gonna save the day or the the sphere's gonna come out of nowhere and you know i was expecting that halfway through the movie the sphere was gonna come in and save the day and drive you know grab their sphere brothers and sisters and then just drive through the ship and destroy it or something because yeah. they're indestructible spheres 
to, you know, like their, their spheres are meant directly to just obliterate the alien ships. And they'd come up with some convoluted reason as to why that worked. You know, they have adamantium shields, but the alien, our alien technology, we tweaked it a little bit, which is why we could destroy the one in the first one. Or they could just say our scouts don't have the adamantium steel. So, uh, so they can be shot with the alien weapons, but these were like their battle spheres, mm-hmm. and they can just smash through the alien ship and then kill them all, and then teach us how to destroy them. Like it was cringy to me. It, I, I, I physically cringed. My body was releasing cortisol because of how stressed <laughs> I was trying to finish the movie. Uh, I love it, and, and like, and and. And again, like, I agree with Ryan, like, yeah, they're, you're just kind of like, oh, there's this guy and he almost killed this other guy and then he punched him. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, hey, now we can't really be that mad at each other. The aliens are back. We got to, you know, settle our differences. And (laughs) so, so Ryan, I got it. This is what the movie reminds me of. You remember in Family Guy, uh, (laughs) He, there was there was one of those uh, flashbacks or, or cutaways, and he said something to the like this was like that time I went to see, you know the the that Jaws sequel, even bigger Jaws, <laughs> <laughs> and the sharks just like chomping on the boat, and he's just like rah rah, and, the, and then the guys are like, hey, stop eating my boat, and then even bigger Jaws comes up and is like, hey, I'm even bigger Jaws, and then Jaws like says to the sailors like. Oh no, it's even bigger Jaws. We have a common enemy. We have to fight together. Like, that's how I <laughs> felt during the movie. Like, cliched and, like, obvious. And it's just going to walk me through what, what's going to end up happening. <laughs> but so, that's my... Yeah, that's your uh, review. Factual opinion. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I want to kind of wrap us up where we're at here. Uh, I do want to real well, quick, but real quick before you do that, because I want to, I want to make my last point on it, if that's okay. And yes. then I just because I, I this was the point I wanted to make from the very beginning to you, Ryan, and just kind of a an outlier. So first of all, I didn't, I didn't like love this movie more than the other one. I, to me, I thought they were both just good movies. Like I don't. I didn't watch them growing up, so I, to me, they're just they're like any other alien movie that you see. Um, but I liked I liked some of the characters in it, and I, I liked them both. I I just liked the the severity of this one a little better. Um, that being said, I do feel like I think that there is always in in, in anything in my movie reviews that you'll you'll come to notice as you hear me giving mine is that I tit so I tend to the things that the things that make everybody else upset about in movies I tend to be upset that those people are upset about them so like I've always said like as somebody who didn't grow up with the Star Wars universe and I'm about to get shot for this but like I think as <laughs> movies the newer movies I would prefer all day every day and I don't have any problem with the fan service. I understand that, you know, Dustin is not affiliated with ROTM radio. <laughs> I, I understand that the nostalgia, I understand that at the time, the original star Wars movies were made, they were life 
shattering and that there was no technology like that and all that. But when you watch them today, the character development, the the effects, the everything about them is just subpar. And I think a lot of people like the fact that they were not the character building, but the effects. Sure. Well, I I felt like like some of the lines in that the first few movies, like <laughs> some of Han Solo's lines, some of uh, some of uh, Princess Leia's lines, like were just nobody would say that. And it may be that the time period that they were in, and since I didn't live in that time period, I don't know. But it's like some of it, I'm just yes, like, this it's bringing is... you into their universe and how they interact. That's the best part. Is you're like, why are they saying these things? Oh. But see, to me, they, it was just like, why do they, why don't they care about a protocol droid? There's oh, that's just a protocol droid. Well, no, it was. It sounds like something serious. I don't want to get very detailed, but I just felt like the acting was <laughs> like I I would. Like, I felt like it was just very stale acting, uh, very... I love the story of them. I love the lore behind them. But I just the actual, as movies, I just am not crazy about them. Whereas the newer movies, I feel like are the the movies themselves. Just take the Star Wars narrative out of it and just make them any other movie. I would watch the newer movies over the old movies just as movies. Whereas the old movies are just like, you know, but the thing is, is if I would have grown up watching them, I would be totally, you know, I would be totally the opposite. So I think I'm always coming from like, like it's clear, Ryan, you said it when you, when you've watched it 20 times and you fall in love with these characters, it's the same reason why I wasn't as big in the Firefly episode that you know, as you guys were, because to me it was like, oh, it's a decent movie, but it's not, there's, you know, I, I didn't watch this, you know, I haven't watched this like five times and I, I don't care much about the characters. So I, I felt like if you take nostalgia out of it, I just don't think that there is far off. And I think a lot of people will use nostalgia and then try to rate a second movie compared to the first movie and you never can like you can never compare the second movie to a first movie especially if the first movie is so beloved and so to me i just don't rate movies that way i'm like you know i want to know take the nostalgia out of it what as movies and i just felt like this one my final review i felt this one held up just it entertained me overall more i i felt like I was more, there were times where I were I, I laughed harder. There were times where I felt like that we were more grave danger. I enjoyed the magnitude of the story, um, and I like my alien CGI baby. <laughs> I respect that. So uh, real quick, uh, and then I'm gonna wrap this up. Is so um, the point I want to make about Will Smith not coming into this movie. Uh, was basically because at the same time that he was approached about doing Independence Day Resurgent, he was also uh, approached about doing the movie Suicide Squad. And he basically chose to do something new rather than go with nostalgia and go into something old. Um, I, Like I said, we don't know what the movie would have been. I, I, I don't necessarily think that... 
Will Smith would have saved this movie as far as it not being, you know, I, I don't think Will Smith would have made this movie great. However, I hate his choice because I loved him in the first movie. And this is a purely, um, again, nostalgia thing for me. I loved him in the first movie. I think he should be in the second movie because he was so good in the first movie. Also, Suicide Squad sucked. So either way, he would have been stuck with a bad movie, I guess, if those were his two choices. Also, uh, his his statement about the movie kind of, in my opinion, was kind of a, uh, I, I don't know, I, I took it as like, I'm, I'm, I'm too good now, you know, because I'm such a big name and I'm too good and I only take more serious roles uh, kind of thing, which a lot of, a lot of uh, comedic actors have tried to do that where they're just like, I'm so big now, I want to be taken seriously, not just laughed at um, and sort of poo-poo on what they're actually very good at. Uh, and I'm not saying he actually did that, but that's how the statement felt. Um, so I just, I don't, I don't like, I didn't like that part of it just because he didn't go on and make something great instead of this. He made, he was part of Suicide Squad and he was a minor character in that show uh, anyways, which that, you know, Suicide Squad is another one of those movies that I'm just kind of like, oh, that was a waste of a couple hours of my life that I'll never get back. Um, I will say overall, though, that Independence Day Resurgence is... It, it's not a terrible, terrible movie. It does not hold up to the... Give it a give it a zero, a zero out of ten stars. A zero out of ten stars? I would say like a four, maybe. I would say a what seven. What about you, Dustin? Yeah, I'd, pro- I'd probably give it a three. I think we should come up with a rating system and call it Shaken Mics. I, yeah, I'll give it seven Shaken <laughs> I'll, Mics. I'll give that three Shaken Mics. I'll give it four Shaken Mics. I like it. Um, but I will say, uh, what, and I want to end this part by saying I'm reading some of the uh, uh, critics uh, critiques of the movie, and uh, uh, two of them that stand out, uh, stand out to me. One, it's more of a positive. It says uh, the first Independence Day had the gratifying slap of good pop cinema, harmless and weightless. Uh, the follow up is twice as big and and half as fun. So uh, that one's got more of a a positive spin on it. I will say, like people when people say, um, you're like, oh yeah, that was fun. Like, okay, great. Um, but then this other one says disposable and shockingly inept and i think the first word is about right disposable i can go on not watching independence day resurgence ever again i can forget about like literally i've seen i this is the second time i've seen it and i couldn't remember what happened from the first time because it was that underwhelming for me so um on that point i also want to say that i'm gonna have to take a very serious um role and to helping decide what movies we decide to review because uh i had never planned on seeing the second one because just i mean even by seeing the trailers i mean it looked ridiculous (laughs) i remember i was at i was at some place i was at a restaurant or something and they had it on the tv and all i remember was this giant alien that was walking on an airfield or something and i'm like you've got to be kidding me like i i just I'm like, this is just ridiculous, you know? Uh, well, I will say here on ROTM Radio, if we decide to review movies and they're in a series, 
for the good or the bad, we are going to watch the whole series. No, no. So this is where, no. Yes. I'm, I'm, we're going to have to. Yes. So when we decide no. to do Jurassic no, Park, sorry. we're going to do all of them. No, sorry. That's, we don't have to do all of them. We do have to do all of them. No. We have I to because, it. you know, the fans have to know what we think. They care so much. Anyway, we will yeah. have this argument later on. Uh, Dustin, do you have any shout outs? Um, yes. So uh, shout outs. Uh, I quickly want to also say I felt that I never need to watch either of these movies ever again. Um, oh, they geez. were both good movies, but I don't uh, not enough for me to watch again. Um, but as a shout out. So uh, first of all, so I want to shout out my shout out from earlier. Um, is Pins Halo um, because Friday, like I said, I had I had a week of gaming, and um, while I don't think he listens to our show because he's got seventy shows to listen to, um, I definitely uh, we were we I jumped on with the Podtacular guys, another podcast. I'll shout out um, to play Halo Friday night, and he was on there, and he made some. Some com he made some comment about never playing the ODST fire flight or firefight mode, and he is the like Halo lore master, and I everybody in the the thing thought he said we he's never played ODST, and we which has the greatest campaign for most Halo fans of all the campaigns of if you're like a true Halo fan it's your favorite campaign, and. So we all almost were taken aback, and I and I, all of a sudden, I said, I was like, man, I was like, you must really be a paying worshiper now, aren't you? And <laughs> I have not, and, and a lot of you won't understand that reference, but if he is listening, it's for him, and it's for you as well, Ryan. He <laughs> He goes, Dustin, I have not spoken to you in about a year and a half, two years, but I'm about to slap you so hard, your daughter's going to feel it. And he oh, said, and this is geez. the first time I've ever been able to say that, and I'm going to say it every time. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I was... I was super happy that I have not, I haven't got to talk to my buddy Pins in a while. And every single time I just bring up uh, Pan and, and to him, as well as Ryan, which Ryan uh, should know that we are having church services for Pan starting this week. Um, it's, it'll be live streamed, obviously, because of COVID. But uh, if you'd like to attend Ryan, that would be great. No, no, I don't think it should be live streamed because I hope that all paying worshippers get COVID. <laughs> uh, we're just spreading the love of paying. But anyway, so I just want to shout him out for being such a good sport of <laughs> not talking for a year. I mean, we I have been kind of off the Xbox grid since the baby was born. and You know it's a good friend when you can not talk for a year, come back and be threatened with bodily harm. Oh, and it'd be absolutely. a good time. And I, I to, it may sound like, wow, these friends, um, it, you may think after hearing this podcast, like, man, <laughs> Zach and Dustin hate each other. Um, but that's, <laughs> that's how you know a good friend when you, uh, you constantly degrade and, and confront the other one and you love each other the more for it. So, yeah. Excellent. And I want to shout out my wife and daughter because I love her. <laughs> Excellent. 
Uh, Zach, do you have any shout outs? I don't. All right, short and sweet. <laughs> All right, uh, I want to shout out uh, Zach's uh, wife and uh, child. Um, make sure we keep that going. Also, I'd like to shout out Will Smith, uh, you know, um, for whatever reason. Uh, Will Smith not being is, in this movie. Uh, you know, I enjoyed his character the first time. Um, and, yeah. I uh, completely forgot where I was going with that, but that's cool. Uh, yeah, once again, want to also shout out the guys over at GamePod. Uh, I'll be posting a link in our show notes and then also on our social medias for the show that I was on with them, and I want to thank them again for allowing me to come on. Uh, I will also shout out Penn's Halo because, uh, yes, Dustin needs to be slapped. And uh, other than that, um, if you guys don't have anything else, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. I have nothing. Excellent. I'll see you All after right. the show, Zach. <laughs> uh, I also would like to reiterate, though, um, here at ROTM Radio, uh, we're, we're never going to, you know, we're going to make fun of Dustin a little bit because he, he does have the wrong opinion on these two movies. Uh, but we are never going to actually put down uh, too much on people's likes and dislikes because, you know, here I don't think we should ever discriminate against fandoms. And uh, and what people like, you like what you like, and you should stand up for what you like, and yeah, never, so never be, on, never, you know, Join never the be, pay and a, train. no, <laughs> never be ashamed to say that you are a prequel person, Dustin. Never be ashamed of it. Um, we should, you know, we should all embrace each other in our uh, fandoms, 100%. no matter what they are. But regardless, so uh, somehow we've made it two hours into an episode about uh, Independence Day uh, resurgence. And uh, uh, I think that is long enough. May your best yesterdays be your worst tomorrows. And remember, don't shake the mic.